a Thanksgiving edition of the NBA Pick and Roll podcast. In the spirit of the holidays, today we will discuss the five things we are grateful for, NBA style. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Pick and Roll podcast. It has been a great Thanksgiving week, and we're sorry we didn't get you an episode on Tuesday, but we got you guys today just with the holidays and everything that's going on. And yeah, we'll do a quick episode today. And we have Eric here again. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm great. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, how was your uh, Thanksgiving? It's been really good. We had a bunch of family come up to to Utah. So we've just been hanging out with them. Unfortunate that I didn't get to go back home, see the friends and family there. But it's been good to not have to travel and just like relax. What's your favorite um, thing to eat on Thanksgiving? Is it the turkey, the mashed potatoes? What is it? Um, you take a flaky roll fresh out of the oven with mashed potatoes and turkey and stuffing. Make a little sandwich. Nothing beats that. That sounds really good. No, nothing beats it. Yeah, I'm here with my in-laws this week in Washington. It's been great to be back home. Went to Enochai yesterday, which was very nice. And we saw Frozen too, and it's very good. Make a grown man cry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I highly recommend it to anybody. We'll just get into a couple things as far as the NBA season. And today we'll focus on five things that each of us are grateful for so far uh, during this NBA season because it is Thanksgiving and supposed to be giving thanks and so we are giving thanks to the NBA and Eric what's one of the things you're grateful for all right so I'm gonna start at the bottom of my list and it's gonna be the east is looking a a lot better than before at least the top of it's looking better than before um at the beginning of the season we thought it was a two-horse race between the Bucks and the Sixers, but now it's we're seeing a couple more teams, the Celtics, the Raptors, as well as the Heat. They're all looking a lot better and stronger and deeper than we were before. So it's pretty cool to to see that they're not like completely horrible in the East. Yeah, it's I mean we all know the Bucks were gonna have a great season and the last ten games, I think they're on a ten game win streak, right? Something like that. Yeah, they're t- they're sixteen and three overall. And 10 and 0 in their last 10 games. And Giannis just put up 50 against the Jazz a couple games ago. And they're just rolling right now. Uh, they're doing really well. And like you said, the Raptors, they're in second in the East at 14 and 4. It's crazy that Fred Van Fleet, Van Vliet is like averaging the most minutes per game out of any player in the NBA. <laughs> uh, but. Him and Siakam have really stepped up, and I think the depth that the Raptors had is still continuing to show. So that's been good. And the Heat have been really fun this year. I think Jimmy Butler just found his perfect home with Miami. Yeah, he's really given them an identity. I mean, the Heat have always been known for never taking a playoff, but Jimmy Butler just embodies that so well. And he just gave the whole team another reason to, to be heat the Heat. Yeah, I think something else to note, too, is the Pacers, because they started off the season terrible, 
but in their last 10 games, they're eight and two. And so I think they've really found their stride. Brogdon, like we talked about last episode, and Sabonis have been doing really well for them, as well as Oladipo coming back pretty soon. He's starting to do full five-on-five in practice and work with the G League team. And so they're always going to be somebody that you're going to have to deal with. For sure. Uh, what what What's your next thing on the list? So my next thing, I guess I can talk about the Celtics. So mine is that I am grateful that the Celtics are looking like their old selves from two years ago in the playoffs when it was – Hayward and Kyrie's first year and both of them were out in the playoffs and Celtics made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they they were looking like that team again. Uh, Brown and Tatum are really starting to show what they can do, especially Tatum. Uh, he's been playing so much better this year than he was last year and I think Kemba is really starting to figure out how to play with them and they're just a really fun team to watch. Marcus Smart on the offensive end has gotten a lot better this year. It's just been it's, – it's fun to watch them because they're just such a great team. They play so well together as a team. Yeah, for a couple of days there, the Lakers and the Celtics were back on top of each of their respective conferences, and it seemed like everything was right again in the world. <laughs> yeah. So uh, even, though I, even though I want the Celtics to lose every single game that they ever play in, um, I guess it's okay that they're – that they're doing all right. It makes it seem like a, a Lakers-Celtics final would be great. Oh, my gosh. What do you think about – speaking of the Celtics, what do you think about Kyrie not going and playing in the game in Boston? I think he's a little crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> he's all up in his head and his feels, and I don't know. He's just a little bit too much for me. Kyrie has always been one of my favorite players, especially the last – couple years and when he was in Cleveland and just how good he was and I even like got his jersey and everything and now the last two years he's just been annoying me with everything that he's been saying and doing and we can never predict what Kyrie's gonna do (laughs) (laughs) yeah Kyrie he's a little bit off his rocker good thing he's a good basketball player so what's your next one all right wait one sec let me pull it up the next thing on my list is the battle in L.A. I love that the Clippers are relevant for the first time ever. You know, it's kind of nice to to see that, you know, I, I although I don't want the Clippers to do well, but it's going to be insane to see them in a playoff series. Hopefully that happens either in the Western Conference Finals or somewhere before that. But to see the two L.A. teams just playing really well, and to see what their um, season could end up looking like is, is awesome. The Lakers will always be L.A.'s team no matter what. And people just love the Lakers so much just because of all the history and everything. But like you said, it's been really cool to see the Clippers and the Lakers be the two best teams, in my opinion, in the league. And they're playing in the same arena. And it's just crazy. I really, really hope they play each other in the playoffs. That Seven was... straight home games for the Lakers. Yeah, seriously. How how do you think the Clippers look with Paul George and Kawhi? Like we've we've seen a couple games of them playing together now. How do you so, think 
that's working I mean, out for them. I think they look okay. they look good. They look really good on defense sometimes. They just like they show flashes. Yeah. Um, I saw that Kawhi's shooting the most of his entire career, shooting the, the lowest effective field goal percentage. So I thought that was interesting to note. Obviously, it doesn't really matter until the playoffs. We all know that he takes a step up in the playoffs, but yeah. just a little interesting side note that he's with this increased role, he isn't playing as well. Yeah, I think with the whole load management thing and how it's been so blown out of proportion and everything, it's just important to note that Kawhi is never going to change for the fans, no matter who he's playing for, what city he's in. He's going to do it on his terms, and so far his terms have worked out. So yeah. I don't think he's changing anytime soon. What about you? What's next on your list? So the next thing I'm grateful for is that John Morant is what we all thought he would be. <laughs> it's it's crazy when you would look at him at, at Murray State and in the NCAA tournament and just how hard he plays and how hard he attacks the rim. You're like, there's no way that translates into the NBA with guys as big and fast and strong as they are. But he's still one of the premier athletes even in the NBA. Like and he's the Grizzlies obviously aren't like a contending playoff team. They're fourteenth in the West out of fifteen teams but I feel like they're always in games like till the end of the game and we've seen John Morant hit a game winner hit clutch shots have clutch defensive plays like the one against Kyrie they give him the ball at the end of the game he never panics like it's just it's crazy to see how well he's been doing so far this season yeah for a team that's rebuilding they're exactly in the spot they want to be yeah they're low enough to get a, a good pick to keep on building, but they're also giving their guys the experience they need. And uh, Jaws taking control, and he's playing like a man. It's awesome. Yeah, I I, I feel like Jaws going to become one of the league favorites, like fan favorites for sure. Yeah. Oh, he, there isn't really a game like he just plays hard. Yeah. And he makes the right decisions. He's like a. I mean, he reminds me of Russell Westbrook, but just makes better decisions. And can yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. His mentality is the same as Russ, but I feel like yeah, like you said, he's a lot smarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next thing on my list is uh, I just wanted to recognize like how fluid the NBA is, and even a team like the Warriors. They can go from being on the highest of highs for five years to the very worst team in the NBA, or if not the second worst team in the NBA. And so it's just crazy how quickly things can turn around, how quickly uh, the, the leaders in the NBA can shift. And so, like, just pretty crazy how wide open everything is and how it, that dynasty, you know, even though it was great, you know, it's over. That was on my list, too, is that the NBA is wide open. And it's just made it so fun to watch as a fan. I mean, every year for us has been fun no matter what because we just love the NBA so much and the players. But this year especially has been one of the best I I can remember in recent history. And I think we all just got used to no matter what, it was going to be LeBron versus the Warriors in the finals every year 
it's just been really cool to now this year there could literally be like four teams out of either side that you can make an argument for so far. And that just makes it so fun as a fan, at least watching. And I'm sure it makes it really fun for the players too. Because the players are just as smart as us. They know that like, of course the Warriors are unstoppable, but now they have like a sense of urgency, like, Hey, like we could actually make it, you know? Yeah. What makes, what makes me appreciate LeBron's greatness even more is the Warriors for five straight years, they were doing this, but it also has meant that five, that most of their players are just completely out of commission right now. Yeah. You know, five years, a hundred games a season, you know, a day in, day out, it takes a toll on your body. And over here's LeBron just doing it for 10 or eight straight finals, basically like 10, 13 years of his career. <laughs> it's yeah, just insane, it's insane. What, he, what LeBron's done. And uh, I mean, he's still going 17 years in. Well, yeah, and to see what he's done this year and how hard he's playing. Because, you know, last year it was the whole thing, like playoff mode activated with LeBron and that he wasn't trying at the beginning, and which was just kind of ridiculous in my opinion. But it's been – obviously he's rejuvenated this year. And I feel like nobody actually thought LeBron was washed – and that he was too old. I felt like LeBron kind of made that narrative himself to kind of hype himself up. Because obviously we know LeBron's always going to be LeBron. And he was averaging 28-7-7 last year. So it's not like he was washed. But I feel like he was just doing that to kind of motivate himself for the start of the season. And obviously it's worked as he's still dominating. So my next one is... It's actually about LeBron, and with LeBron James, obviously you have the best player in the NBA for the last 10 10 years. But with LeBron, we've seen throughout his whole career that there tends to be a lot of noise wherever he is. There's always things about him kicking players out and trading away players and controlling the organization and the coaches and the hiring and the firing. But this year, we haven't really heard anything. And and if anything, what I've noticed from LeBron so far watching almost every Laker game is that he respects Frank Vogel. Like, when you, when you look at him in the timeouts and in between quarters and when he's interacting with Vogel, like, he's actually talking to him, shaking his head, like, nodding his head in, like, in agreement. And you don't see that from LeBron very often. And so, to me, it's just been – obviously, it helps a lot when you're 15-2 and two and dominating. There's not going to be very much drama. But especially with everything that happened last year, it's like it's been so nice to not see the Lakers and LeBron in the news every single day for something. Yeah, I mean, what's the biggest difference? And it's Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So. Honestly, like it was, it was all a shock to everybody. But also, everybody knew it was a good thing for the Lakers when he stepped down, because he just loves being in the spotlight, which isn't a bad thing. It's how he's made his, his. It's how he became who he is, and yeah. that's how that's how he knows how to operate. And we all thought Rob Polinka was the same way. We all thought Genie Bus is the same way. But now they're they're sitting with the best record in the league. 
they look they look like their team's really good, but we haven't heard one word for from each of the front off. They they just want to keep on winning, and I like the way they're conducting their business now. Yeah, and and like I said, I mean, when you've only lost two games out of almost twenty, it a lot of the drama is pushed aside. So who knows what would have happened if they would have started off five and ten, what we would be hearing today, but. It's just – it's been really nice. And what did you think about Anthony Davis's return to New Orleans? I mean, he dominated that game and got the game-winning steal at the end. That's the most – I think it's, it's said that's the most any player scored returning to their former team. Yeah, there had been a couple of players who scored 39, but, you know, AD's just a beast. Um, I'm, I'm going to wait for – for my final things, my final thing that I'm grateful for to expound anymore. Well, let's just let's just roll right into it. Let's just jump into your final thing and uh, let let's hear it. Let's go. I'm gonna go Giannis first. Let's go Giannis. Okay, okay. I I, pay, I respect my Lakers too much to not let them be last. <laughs> so we both had Giannis on our list. So what what did you have about Giannis? I just think it's insane that he's pointing up even better numbers than he was last season. Yeah, I I didn't think it was possible, but with Giannis, anything is possible, obviously. He's just a man among boys. He's got the Shaq vibe to him. But as we see, he's even stepping out a little and hitting those jumpers and threes. And like we've said before, once he does that consistently, it's over for the league. And he'll be the next LeBron just taking over the league for 10 years. Yeah, he's 24 years old, and he's just – he's destroying people. Did you see um, – did you see last night against the Cavs? Oh, his like opening Like, within the first dunk. 10 seconds of the game, he dunked on Kevin Love. Yeah, that was brutal. And then he had a couple putbacks that were just mean, too. But I love that, like, Giannis is – he's just on the Milwaukee – you know, nobody really – does anybody not like Milwaukee? I think everybody likes Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like a good guy who says the right things, who just works his butt off. And uh, he's just a, he's a workhorse, and everybody respects him so much, especially just a self-made, um, amazing ta- talent. It's crazy how good he is. Yeah, my my brother-in-law told me that he's going to have his own documentary on Disney+. Plus. Really? Yeah, it's coming out on Disney Plus. I was like, "What?" That's awesome. So watch out for that. That'd be really cool. It's just I'd watch out for sure. Like you said, it's just such an amazing story about where he came from and his childhood and how poor they were growing up, and just now that he's, you know, becoming the best player in the NBA. And I think he's definitely on his way if he keeps this up to us back-to-back MVP. Yeah. No, um, the MVP race is it's good. I think it's like a four people are in the conversation right now. Who do you have? Harden, Giannis, um, LeBron, and Luca. I just want to dispel yeah. Luca for a second, though. Um, oh, no. <laughs> let me just pull something up. Anyways, so it, he is for anybody that's averaging more than two rebounds a game. He has the most uncontested rebounds, meaning he doesn't get them in traffic. He gets them when they just, like, fall to him. So they're rest rebounds. 
They're Westbrook. They're Westbrook numbers. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. It's a seventy-five percent. Well, yeah, no, that's that's a good. Seventy-five percent yeah. of his rebounds come from just them falling into his lap. So, yeah. just be woke. <laughs> oh, my God. Luca's overrated. I know he's 20. He's, he's overrated. He's 20 years old. People are hyping him up way too much. You're not overrated when you're 20 years old and almost averaging a triple-double. You're not overrated. He's overrated. No. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> That's that. I feel like that's going to be an ongoing debate this whole season. With I'm Luka. just, I hate how much media Luca's getting and how much attention he does not deserve it. How does he deserve it? Just because he, just because of the rebound stat, like everything else he's doing is unreal. They're fake numbers, Perry. Oh my god, the points and assists aren't fake. No, they're fake. Oh my god, they'll come out. Watch, just watch. <laughs> You're crazy. Well, I I hope they play. They make the playoffs as like the eighth seed or bottom seed, and they. I want to see Luca in the playoffs and see what he's made of. So, I guess since we both had Giannis, we'll move on to the last thing that we are grateful for. And Eric, what do you have? All right, there's just so many good storylines with the Lakers, but I guess we can just like. Just roll it, rattle them off really quickly. LeBron's amazing. Anthony Davis is for sure the defensive player of the year. The chemistry's off the roof. They had their best month in franchise in franchise history since 2010 when they won the championship. Dwight Howard's playing great. He's having a redemption year. You know, there's just so many good things going. Kuz is shooting well. KCP had a rough start, but he's been playing pretty good late as of late. They're a great defensive team. Nobody saw that coming, or as good as they are. They can lock in whenever they want. When they do lock in for those six to seven minutes a game, at least against these bad teams they've been playing the last ten games, they just put the game away in those six to seven minutes. They they hang around for, for 25, for two and a half quarters, but then they just turn on a little button, and boom, the game's over, so. I just think the Lakers are – I love that the Lakers are doing so good. It's awesome. Eric and I are legit Lakers fans. We've been Lakers fans forever, even through the terrible eight years that we've had since <laughs> Kobe's final couple of years. And it's it's been tough to be a Lakers fan lately, and so that's why it's just so exciting to see how good they're doing. One thing I will say – is that so far their schedule has been very very easy? Yeah, it's been it's been soft. The last like ten games have been pretty pretty soft, but but, but they, I, I they've mean, had some quality wins in there. I won't, they've had I'll good wins, that. and they've all been minimum effort. They all have like barely, like they're so sloppy to start the game, and then they just like it's they're forming bad habits. Yeah, but you can just see how good they are. They're they're figuring out how to win with as little and amount of energy expended as possible yeah well even the what was the last night against the wizards they were down like 11-0 at the beginning and then by halftime they were up 70 to 49 yeah they could like you said they can just turn it on whenever they want and obviously as it gets towards the end of the season and the playoffs start they'll be way more locked in we've seen how locked in lebron can get a team 
when when LeBron's fully engaged like he is this season, it's I mean, we saw it with Cleveland when he was in the playoffs with a team full of scrubs. When he had like Richard Jefferson and Del Vadova and Channing Fry and Shumpert and all of them. How locked in they all were. So it's gonna be really cool to see. Do you think Boogie makes a appearance this season? Um, I doubt it. I just think they're keeping him around until they need to get rid of him, which is good. Yeah. You know, something that they've done in the past. They traded D'Angelo Russell a season too early. They've made moves a couple months too early. And so now it's it's nice to see that they're making the right moves. Yeah. You know, they nothing's come up where they needed to trade him or they needed to waive him. So just keep him around, make, keep him happy until anything actually needs to happen. Yeah, he seems like he's a really good guy to have on your on the bench. Like he's yeah, he's always most, most teams love him on the bench. Yeah. One thing with the Lakers to keep in mind moving forward is Memphis has expressed that they don't want to buy out Iggy. Lately, we've heard a little bit of rumblings that the Lakers may have some interest in maybe trading for Jay Crowder or signing Jamal Crawford as – uh, scorer on their bench. Do you think this is the roster they have going into the playoffs, or do you think they make a couple moves? No, they're never going to touch Jamal Crawford. Never. That's, Why? A, that's a, they don't. They don't need Jamal Crawford. They already have people who can score, who can't defend. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Jamal Crawford. Though. Jamal Crawford's not be, not going to be on the Lakers. They may trade for Jay Crow, Jay Crowder. I I don't see it happening. I see them doing all their work on the bio market. Memphis is going to say exactly what they have said. That's the best way to approach it. If they were like, oh, we're going to buy him out, then that nobody would trade for him. <laughs> no, so of course, they're going to say, oh, yeah, we're, going to, we're not going to buy him out. They want to increase his value. They want to increase what they can get from the trade. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how they match up against the Clippers in the West once they make a couple of additions to their roster because you know – they're never going to – with the team that LeBron's on, it's never going to start the same as it finishes as far as the roster goes. For sure. So, yeah, it's it's been such a fun opening month to the NBA season, and we have a lot of things to look forward to, a lot of players coming back soon. Zion Williamson's going to be making his debut in December, and – that's just going to be really fun to see him back on the court again. And it's been, it's been rough seeing all these Pelicans games on ESPN <laughs> with, how, with how bad they're doing. But shout out to Ingram. For sure. It's been, a, it's been a good season, a lot to be thankful for. All right, guys. Sorry we got this episode to you late, but happy holidays to everybody. And we will see you again next week. Happy holidays. <laughs>